You're listening to Parkway's podcast. Well, God is good, amen? He's just amazing. And uh, this is Palm Sunday, so I welcome you here today. So we're going to look at that uh, account starting in Luke 19, verse 35, uh, when Jesus uh, rode in uh, on the donkey into uh, Jerusalem for the last time. It's about a week before he's crucified. It's about five, six days before he's betrayed and his suffering. The Bible calls it triumphant entry. It was triumphant, but it was only kind of for a short while because we know again that this was his last ride before he went to his suffering. So let's, let's read this. They brought uh, the donkey to Jesus, threw their coats on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, and this is our key verse for the moment, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I think if anyone else other than Jesus Christ had have made that statement, they certainly would have sounded narcissistic, even manical, and uh, just, just crazy. But I think Jesus was just simply stating a fact. I, I, I actually really believe that on this day as Jesus rode in, well, no, let me start here. It is impossible for creation not to give honor to the creator. We know that people, God's crowning glory of creation, are constantly withholding praise from him. But, but let me say this. If at any point, for some reason, every voice uh, was silenced on this earth in, in praise and glory to Jesus, if for some reason there wasn't one witness left to glorify and praise God uh, and all human voices were silenced, I believe literally rocks and trees and riverbeds and creation would lift up their voices and cry out. And I know that sounds crazy, but folks, I'm telling you, when, when you read what Jesus said here, it wasn't metaphorical. He was telling the Pharisees, in this moment, rocks would start to cry out. Inanimate objects would be given a voice and start to cry out in praises to God. Now, on this day, as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey, the people caught a glimpse uh, even if it was just a sliver of his glory and, and the honor uh, that was given to him. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. To see Jesus for who he really is, is to love Jesus, to honor Jesus, and to give our lives in obedience to Jesus. The, the Bible says that the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the eyes of the ungodly so they can't see clearly the reflection of God in Jesus. So in other words, people don't receive Jesus into their lives because they don't see him clearly. It's like, it's like they don't quite get the proper picture of him. And let me even dare say, uh, people in the church who withhold praise, who withhold honor, obedience, their money, their time from Jesus, they're still blinded in part. Because to see Jesus is to willingly throw our lives like they threw the cloaks that day and say, Jesus, you're worthy of it all. 
That's why the Bible, the enemy works so hard to keep us from reading it because the Bible says that it's God-breathed. The Holy Spirit is responsible for this book. And what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit shows us who Jesus is, right? So on this day, the people caught a glimpse of the glory uh, of who Jesus was, and they, they honored him as such. Again, we know it was tunnel vision. We know that they're about to turn on him. And, and as we are in the Easter season and we reflect on who the Lord is and, and what Jesus did on the cross and what he accomplished in his life, death, burial, and resurrection, it is absolutely appropriate for us to give him honor based on all of those things, what we know he did, what we know who he is and, and what he will do. And, and it's, we, we can allow a greater sense of wonder and awe to be stirred up in us that leads us to an abandonment of praise. God still loves a party. God still loves a party, especially when it's in honor of Jesus. And, and I'm just going to read you something found in the book of Revelation chapter 5. We're going to read the whole chapter. This is probably my favorite passage in all of the scripture. John caught a glimpse of what is going to happen at a future point in heaven. So I want to say this. This happens after Jesus raptures the church. So you and I are going to be part of this. God is telling us in advance, uh, saints, church, get ready because, because this is going to be your experience. Okay? And we're going to, we're going to read it. John says, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. And I wept and wept with disappointment because no one was found who is worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and elders. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sits on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For it was by your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. I want to stop there for just a minute. Do you see what it's saying there? Uh, John, John said that he heard the angels, and this was their declaration. You have bought them by your blood and made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. I want you to know who that's referring to this morning. That's referring to you and to I. We're in this series on the church, the church, the bride of Christ. And I want you to know that as part of the church, you are blood-bought and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You have been made into a kingdom, uh, a kingdom with a citizenship in heaven, uh, with God at the head of it. I want you to know that each one of you is a priest who ministers before God in your life as you seek to strive uh, to, to serve Him. You are ministering before God as the priests in the temple used to minister before God. And I want you to know your destiny is to rule and reign, just in case you know you had an identity crisis this morning that's who you are 
So this is what I want us to do. I want you to stand. And we're going to read the next part together. Do you know why? Because this is my favorite passage of Scripture. And this passage of Scripture, just, it gets me every time. Because I want you to know something. The focus of heaven right now isn't white puffy clouds or any goofiness like that that people think of. The focus of heaven right now is Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. The focus of heaven, every angel, every saint that has gone before is Jesus Christ. So will you read this out loud with me? And then when we're done, we are going to give him praise. Okay, it goes on to say, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise, honor, glory, and power forever and ever. Let's worship the lamb, church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive wisdom and glory, honor, and power and strength. Hallelujah, Jesus. The lion and the lamb, the lamb of Judah, the root of David has overcome. He is worthy to take the scroll. When no one else is worthy, Jesus is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we declare that you are worthy. We declare that you are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And if you can be seated after that, please be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And the praise. And the praise that the angels and the saints are giving to Jesus in heaven. In this segment of scripture is based on two descriptions of Jesus. Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was slain. That's what we're talking about this morning. Jesus, the Lion, and Jesus, the Lamb. Two diverse descriptions that speak to us the wonder that is Jesus. And so we worship Jesus, the Lion, because of his glory and honor, but more so because Jesus, the Lamb, is mingled with humility. Hmm. We admire him for his righteous justice, but love him all the more because it's tempered with mercy. We are in awe at his sinless life, and yet we still call him friend of sinners. He refused to turn stones into bread to satisfy a 40-day hunger, but multiplied five loaves and two fish to feed 20,000-plus hungry people. We worship his majesty, the lion, the one who triumphed, but even more because it's majesty and meekness, the lamb who laid down his life. We love the way he stumped the proud and religious with his wisdom and love it even more because he was simple enough to love and welcome children. We admire him for his courage to call out the social and religious elite and he called them hypocrites and children of the devil 
and showed incredible compassion to a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus, our lion and our lamb, amen? He could still the storm with just a word, and nature obeyed. And yet he refused to speak the word that would unleash 10,000 angels in the fury of God to rescue him from the torture of the cross. He would condemn all who sinned to death, then become our sin and hung on a cross condemned so we could know life. He told Pilate he had no power to take his life, then he willingly laid it down. The sky went dark as creation responded to the suffering of its creator, but heaven opened up for a repentant criminal who hung condemned next to Jesus. Jesus is our lion, our triumphant one, the one who roars and our enemies flee. Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus is our lamb, the one who suffered and bled and died and was abused so that we could know life. Jesus, the lion, Jesus, the lamb, and Jesus, the lion, is worthy to take the scroll. When no one else, think about all the honor that we give people on earth. When no one in heaven or earth is found worthy, Jesus is worthy. And the lion is worthy because he laid down his life as a sacrificial lamb. And on the day we celebrate on Palm Sunday, Jesus rode into Jerusalem, honored as a conquering king. You know, the response that they gave him would have been equivalent of, it's kind of like a ticker tape parade. Uh, When they laid their coats before him, that was like rolling out the red carpet. And what they would do is when a conquering army with its general or its king at the front of the army uh, would come in from defeating their enemies, they would lay their coats and they would wave palm branches and they would declare the greatness of God. So they were hailing Jesus as the king, as the conquering king, as the triumphant king as the lion. That's what they were doing that day. But again, we know that the people were fickle and misguided because they had tunnel vision. And in a week, they were about to call for his death. But as he rode in this scene, it has a prophetic element to it because as they honor Jesus as the conquering king, he is about to fulfill his, uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah is about to fulfill his destiny as a sacrificial lamb. And I want you to know that riding to his greatest victory, he was going to conquer your enemies and my enemies, sin, death, hell, and Satan, but he wasn't going to do it with a sword. He wasn't going to do it by might, but by laying down his life. So our lion rode in that day to become the sacrificial lamb who would conquer the grave by becoming the sacrifice, who would die, and by dying, he would deal the final blow to death by rising from the dead three days later. He rode into Jerusalem to deal with sin and evil as the righteous judge, And yet he took our sin on himself, pronounced the sentence of death on it, and paid that price in his own body. He's both our judge and our advocate. He's both the one who condemns sin but was condemned so we could be declared not guilty. He's our lion and our lamb. He faced down Satan by letting himself get flogged and killed. He descended into hell. And by being stripped and flogged, he descended into hell. And he rose again and stripped Satan of the keys of of death and hell and rose to victorious everlasting life. And the Bible says that because he has risen and because he lives, you and I shall rise and we shall live. Thank you, Jesus. But that's not the end of it. He's coming again. We forget that, don't we? But he's coming back. 
And he will come back having fulfilled once and for all his role as the lamb. And once everyone has been redeemed who recognizes his power to forgive sins, he will return as the final conquering king and will banish Satan forever and make all things new. And he will reign forever. And when he comes back that last time, he won't come on a donkey. Revelation 19, 11 and 16 tells us this. I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself and he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him riding on white horses and dressed in white fine linen, fine and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written. King of kings, Lord of lords. So I want you to know that as the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ, we reflect the one who redeemed us. We reflect both the lion and the lamb. And we have the dignity and glory of the lion as God's chosen people. Do you remember last week? Listen to the podcast. Last week through the cross, God, God bent down through the cross and said, I choose you. I handpick you at the price of my son, Jesus. And, and we can hold our heads high knowing that we are royalty today because we're going to rule and reign with him. But we also... Uh, share the dignity and glory of, of God, but we walk in grateful humility, willing to suffer and live obediently, reflecting the Lamb of God. So just like our lion and just like our lamb, Jesus Christ, we serve others and we put them first because we know that one day we will rule and reign with him. Just as Jesus, our lion and our lamb, we are accepted by the Father so we can face the rejection of others. We can freely give up our rights because we know we've inherited everything. We don't need to defend or prove ourselves or feel the need to be right because it's God who justifies. We can willingly forgive because we've been willingly forgiven. We can be the last and have no reputation because we know we share in Jesus' glory. We can rejoice even in suffering because we know that with God, even defeat will be a victory. And we can face the cruelty of a Friday because we know Sunday's resurrection is coming. And folks, I just want you to know that as we enter into this Easter season, we can do so with a greater understanding of just the majesty and the wonder that is Jesus Christ. He is our risen Savior. He is the one who roars like a lion. And when he roars like a lion, cancer flees. When he roars like a lion, the enemy flees. When he roars like a lion, sinners repent. And the reason that, that those things can happen is because that lion roars based on what he did 2,000 years ago as a sacrificial lamb by paying the price so that all things can be available to you and I. That's pretty cool. Amen. Thanks for listening to our message. If you'd like to learn more about Parkway Church, you can visit us online at parkway-church.com.